Good morning and welcome back to TCS Plus. I'm James Erasmus and I'm honored to have on the show again, Anna Collard. Anna Collard is a senior vice president and evangelist for content and strategy at No Before Africa. And we're thrilled to have her here because she's got huge amounts of insights into the industry, the market, and quite specifically cybersecurity. Today, the two of us are going to have a really informal conversation about the state of the industry and importantly talk about some of the skills required in order to upskill and protect one's organization against the impending threats. And I thank you very, very much for being with us today. Thanks, James. Hi, good to be here again. It's lovely to have you here. Now, on our last conversation, we spoke about being mindful in security. And that, that begged a lot of questions, and I think quite a few people raised some eyebrows as to what we really meant. And I know what it means, and you know what it means, and the listeners and, 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 and readers of our central show um, and those who listen to that podcast will understand that you sometimes just need to take a deep breath and sit back and ob observe your horizon, observe the scenario, and take into context what's around you. And you can't do that when in fight or flight. Yeah, exactly. And I, I actually feel that, you know, taking into account emerging technologies and what's happening with um, AI and all that buzz, is that's something that's becoming more and more important even because it's a, a skill that will help us to, um, you know, be present and be sort of or critical or questioning of things that we are exposed to. And unfortunately, the way things are going, you have to be sort of questioning everything that's that you see um, and you can't trust things even though they might look legitimate or sound legitimate um, mm. and that's where this let's call it the, this mindful approach makes a lot of sense because it gives us that pause between let's call it the stimuli and the reaction and a lot of the times if we talk about cybersecurity, you know the way criminals um, social engineer us or hack us is mm. by activating or triggering our emotions. And what happens is when you when you get triggered or when you're emotional, we all know that, you know, that's, this could also be in, in traffic or, <laughs> you know, sure. people make us um, react. We don't act critically anymore. Like what happens is that our sort of executive functioning, the prefrontal cortex gets hijacked and we act like an animal sometimes, you know, quite mm. instinctively. And that's mm. not necessarily... I mean, it can sometimes be helpful, you know, if you need to react very quickly um, in a dangerous situation, if you have to run away from a lion or something. But in reality, in, in today's lives, those situations don't, you know, we don't come across a lot of lions anymore, even though, you know, Americans still ask me that when they say you live in South Africa. <laughs> but, the, but the reality is that the stresses we're faced with in, in modern lives, you know, they what happens is they activate the same sort of fight and flight response in our bodies um, that hijack our critical thinking. And that then results in, in us sometimes, you know, making decisions that may not actually be in our favor. And that's exactly where these social engineers come in. They try and expose us to information that's um, emotionally, trigger, emotionally triggering. And then, um, and a good example, by the way, that I, I'd like to mention here is this awful uh, grandparent scam yes. where they use generative AI. And, you know, the scary thing is you really only need three seconds of somebody's voice 
So they, they get your voice from somewhere. Maybe they just give you a call and then say, oh, sorry, I've got the wrong number. They've got three seconds of your voice. And then they can use that to generate anything they want, you know. And then the grandparents scam, what they do is they use, obviously, a, a grandchild's voice to then call the, the family members to say, I'm in distress, I need your help, please pay. And then, obviously, if you're a mother or a grandmother or, or father, you know, if if you hear your kid being in, in distress, you want to help. Your emotions are triggered. And and unfortunately, you know, with the the advances in technology, it allows these these scammers to make these messages so much more believable. And a lot of what you're talking about has made me realize and think more about the importance of critical thinking, but planning your thought processes critically. Now and, and just to reassure all of our international listeners, we do actually have lions here in South Africa, just not typically <laughs> in our own backyards. We, we, we choose to create security features called large fences and, and, and eat the lions in the, in the nature reserves. Um, the, the threat potential that exists, the lions, um, have an intent and they have a capability. What we need to do is upskill and empower ourselves and our staff and the people around us and indeed our family members to actually be able to d d distinguish between a system and a human threat and isolate those and react accordingly. Um, so a lot of what you talk about made, gave me some reason to research some tools that one might use. And mm -hmm. they led to conversations around patching your system, you know, fixing your fence, password hygiene, you know, making sure there's a, solid lock on the front door, um, multi-factor authentication, antivirus software, and actually really importantly, and this is what you specialize in, is staying alert. And the alert piece is the critical thinking piece. Yeah, exactly. And in some way, you know, if, if we bring it back to that mindfulness approach again, when you feel something, use that as an alarm system. And I know a lot of people actually, mm. they, you know, um, particularly trauma survivors, you know, it's difficult sometimes to, to understand that you're feeling an emotion. So if you, if you can't mm. name the emotion, by the way, naming and labeling something also takes the, the intensity of it away. So, so some people, they, they struggle with naming. They don't, they don't actually know that they're feeling anxiety or whatever it might be. So if you, if you struggle with that, the next best thing is to, be aware of what's happening in your body. So maybe your palms start to sweat or your heart starts to race mm. or you just feel, you know, some sort of sensation that that makes you uncomfortable. And instead of giving into that, that could be a warning sign. Is it even in a positive way? You know, if you feel excited, yeah. um, that's a warning sign. Maybe somebody's yeah. manipulating you, you know. and Possibly subconscious, I, but it's a warning nonetheless. Yes. And it sounds so easy you know, in theory, because that's really a, a, but it's a lifelong practice that we should all apply to not only be um, sort of safer in, in the online space and not fall for mm. social engineering attacks, but also to be, um, I don't know, like calmer and happier people in, in normal life. Right. And it's, mm. it's not that, that, that's easy. It's a, it's a lifelong practice to not react to your emotions and rather use them as like a, Hey, there's an alarm bell. Something is happening here. Let me not just explode, but rather investigate. And when looking to hire skills into your organization, you, you might say that there are some essential skills for that cybersecurity security professional. Well, we're all actually 
cybersecurity professionals in our own right. How we practice it, how we go about implementing it is up to us. And it doesn't necessarily need to be in our job description. But a really important element of that professional's job makeup is not just their skills and qualifications around IT and security, by means of example, but also critical thinking. Being able to identify, you know, can I clarify what that threat is? Am I questioning it properly? And, that, and that's your point is, do I have that EQ to identify that it is actually a threat? Yeah, and look, let's, let's be honest, like as you know, a couple of years ago, it was so easy. You say, well, look at spelling mistakes and if somebody from Nigeria offers you uh, $5 million or whatever, then, you know, it's sort of, okay, well, but nowadays, you know, the sophistication of these attacks, particularly if you then also consider going, and, it's, and I'm not actually just talking about, you know, cyber criminals that want to steal your money, which is obviously that's, that's what we should be most, most concerned about. But it's also, um, let's call them the more gray industry, the marketing industry, people trying to sell us something that you don't actually need, you know, mm. the misinformation, disinformation campaigns, all these conspiracy theories that are going, making the rounds where even, I mean, yesterday I was, I was forwarded something by someone who's highly intelligent, who I really respect, but he, um, sent me a, a link to one of these um, conspiracy theory videos. And I'm like, how oh, can you believe in, in that, you know? And, yeah. and that's the thing is that whether it's a, a hacking attack or cyber criminal trying to steal money from you, whether it's a phishing email, whether it's um, an Instagram targeted marketing advert that's trying to, again, like in my case, trying to yep. get you to buy something you really don't need. Um, mm. We need to like be more and more um, aware of that we are the product, you know, that, that, um, our emotions are being used as a, if you call it mm. in the security world, like that's the vulnerability, you know, how do we patch that, you know? And unfortunately, you know, there is, it's not a simple matter of looking for spelling mistakes anymore or hovering over the link, like all the stuff that we used to train people on in the past, it's becoming more and more difficult because these, these attacks are becoming more sophisticated. So trying to teach people the technical, um, ways of doing things, is maybe, you know, it's a, it's a non-point anymore because it is becoming so difficult. However, and this is where I think we are onto something if we, if we use the mindfulness approach is to say, well, anything that you're faced with, if it makes you feel something, rather take a breather, slow down and then investigate it. If you're not sure, you know, forward it to your IT department, ask them for help or ask somebody else, um, call them back, not on the number that they give you, but the number that you have in your in your phone already yep. or um you know like that you can look up so that's the thing it's is it's actually in a way it's a good thing we don't need to go you know explain complicated things to uh, i don't know like we used to in the past explain to people look up the in the the email headers no grandmothers don't know how to do that you know and it's 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 a midpoint like let's not try and sure. explain people how to how to you know figure out the the difference between a deep fake video and a and a real one because it's mm. it's mm. difficult to do that particularly as technology uh, advances and it is advancing Daily. so quickly at the moment so the only thing we mm. can go is really go back down to what you said you know critical thinking slowing yeah. down just figuring out well i haven't expected this why would i get this now hey my my grandchild if it's if he or she is in distress um, let me rather figure out where I can call him or her back. Um, let's not just mm. give in, you know. So those are the um, 
yeah, I guess in, in a way it's, it sounds simpler, but it is, as I mentioned before, it is, it is something that's tricky to, um, to live every day and it requires a practice, um, to implement that, that mindfulness thinking. And uh, I think, I think just from a, a practical perspective, we shouldn't be hesitant to be asking for help. We shouldn't be, you know, uh, scared to put our hands up and say, I'm not sure because the repercussion or the alternative is so much greater than the yeah. s- slight reputational damage you might have. If you are to ask someone in IT, whether an email from a strange address, is legitimate or not? Surely the credibility is far greater for you having at least anticipated it as potentially being a threat. Yeah, hundred percent. And in fact, if we talk about, you know, what security um, teams, what they get measured on, when we talk about awareness and security culture, is people's mm. vigilance and how do you measure that? So the amount of times that you report something that you're not sure of is actually a positive metric. You know, so yeah, what they want to see over time is obviously people clicking less on phishing emails or phishing simulations. And what they want to see in time is that graph of people reporting things going up because the more vigilant you are. And yes, sometimes it might just be something legitimate. But so what? You rather double check, you know, rather be safe than, than sorry. And that's actually something that your IT department wants to see, you know, and they get measured on. So the more you report things, the, the more they make other. their bonuses or KPIs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it's all about. Um, I made some notes about critical thinking and there are effectively six steps to it. And I've already mentioned clarify, question and identify. Now, that's about as far as I might be able to go as, as, as a lay person. The next step is, is analyze. And that's the job of the security professional. That's the job of our IT department. They can analyze it. Then the next is evaluate. And then the, the last is create. So analyze, evaluate, and create. You know, create being, create a solution, a workaround, an alternative, create a blocker. Um, and I think that's exactly to what you're saying is let's help each other analyze what it is we're actually addressing. Yeah, exactly. And what is... And then maybe I can jump in and ask, what are some of the um, the risks that you're seeing in the market at the moment? And, you know, we talk about the global market, but, you know, quite specifically here in South Africa. So that is um, that, that grandparent scam that I just mentioned, I think from a from yeah. public awareness, it's really important to, to understand that it literally just takes three seconds for, for mm-hmm. someone, an, an adversary to copy your or your loved one's voice and then use that to try and trick you and let's face it you know if you receive a a message from someone that sounds exactly like your husband your wife your kid whatever Mm, mm. your heart rate will go up and again that's where we are your heart rate is up you're not thinking straight you just want to help quickly right um Mm. so that's something to be aware of um deep fakes in general i think also from a misinformation point of view um russia is very active in uh you know creating these polarizing messages. Um, in fact, they've been behind, there's been a, a whole campaign, not so much in South Africa, but in Africa against, um, you know, the French government. So they've been actively pushing this um, conspiracy content and this, let's just call it this BS, right, on social media to yeah. get people to, to, to sway their or change their opinion about about others. And, and that's just, 
sure. in general, we have to be so careful that or understand that when you read something on social media, wherever it, it, it might be, mm. um, first of all, it's, it's the longer you, you stay in these platforms, you know, it's obviously in the, in the platforms providers interest, but then also if you slightly, you know, show interest in a certain topic, even if that's top, if the topic is con controversial or whatever, you will get served more of that. So you get created, you know, you, you, it's that whole bias echo chamber effect. So, um, be so careful of the things that, that we believe in, because that's what they want is they want us to be polarized. It doesn't actually matter about what the message is, as long as it's different to what somebody else's believes. And then that helps them to divide societies and create chaos. So whether it's a conspiracy theory, anti-vaxxing, whatever it might be, um, just be again, mindful that there are higher powers behind that. They don't, they don't care about the content. They just care about, making you believe something that is different to other people so that they can create this divide and polarization. And that's really, really, uh, that worries me a lot. Um, if we, if we think about the future and where the world is at the moment overall, you know, I mean, there's so much already to be worried about. Um, so, you know, be careful what you believe in and stick to what you believe in um, and don't yeah, let, be, be dis let yourself be, be discerning about what you click on and what you don't click on because yeah. you know, naturally you, you're going to, it's going to start filtering you and profiling you. And you may, you may have one profile on, for instance, a social media channel like Facebook and a, a different channel and, and a different profile on a different channel. And that's all going to be targeted to the extent mm. that you wonder how anybody in the world knew you as well as they do. And yeah. the person who wants to know you best is the cyber criminal who wants to you know, get behind your passwords. Yeah. And the, and the <laughs> targeted advertisers, not that it's yeah. all bad, right? <laughs> I mean, we, we all appreciate if we get served something that you might be interested in. It's, it's just the extent of it that sometimes, mm. Mm. um, mm. Yeah, I, I find it scary sometimes how, um, and how accurate how good this is. And do you think there's a bit of a cybersecurity lethargy creeping in? Do you think that organizations are starting to get a bit, a bit bored of this, not the topic as much as the, the, the fact that the threat is, exists and we know we need to do something about it, but we've all done our compliance training. Why do we have to do it again? Or why do we have to do more of it? How are you attack, uh, addressing that fatigue? Um, I mean, yes, there definitely is a thing, um, oh. security awareness fatigue. Um, I think it's it's a little bit like flossing, you know, it's not something that Sorry. you... <laughs> yeah? Sorry, Anna, we just cut out for a second. Rivers, Riverside okay. started squeaking. Sorry, I asked the question, if you mind just starting from where you started answering it, because that's where it started to get all fuzzy. Okay. which is around um, security training or security awareness fatigue. Yeah. Thank you. So that's definitely a thing that people get fatigued about the same messages. And mm. I mean, on the one hand side, it's important to be reminded. It's a little bit like flossing. You know, you can't just do that the day before you go to the dentist. You should do this every day. Um, however, and this is really something that, again, like coming back to this mindfulness topic, when you can provide a different approach to the same problem. It's mm. a surprise effect. You know, NetBank, for example, they've just partnered with the HR corporate wellness department on a roadshow and they, the security Who team. Who was that? 
NetBank. So the, the security okay. team was sort of tagging along at this corporate wellness roadshow where they, you know, they offered like pre-screening and all the things that you would expect from a corporate wellness approach. But now the security was part of that saying, hey, come minds fight cybercrime and come and try out some sort of mindfulness techniques and, and users, you know, or people are they're sort of, they're, they're used to this, these compliance messages now, you know, they, 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 they see a different angle to this, something that will, that, that will benefit them personally. Um, and they responded really positively. So the more creative we can be in providing the same message in a different way, that's surprising, that's personally relevant, something that might help parents to protect their children online, et cetera, um, something that is maybe interesting. You know, everybody nowadays is this whole, that's why I say this generative AI is so disruptive because not from a technology per se, um, even though it is that too, just because of the, the, the innovation, the pace of the innovation, but because it, it reached everyone, you know, like every Dick and Harry is talking about generative AI. And that's another angle to, to teach people, well, what does it mean? Where there is um, something I find really fascinating, by the way, is this whole idea of multimodal um, generative AI, where you use different um, modalities and how is that being used and abused again and you know mm. the scary thing is both facebook yep. and google have already um they, they've announced that they will use multimodal generative ai in the advertising um campaigns and what i mean with that is you now have an intelligence that is better than any other salesperson that will not only serve you um content which is what's been happening for years in social media already but it will respond to the way you respond so mm. if I'm in a shop and there's a really good salesperson, that salesperson will interpret, analyze how I react and then serve me things that mm. it thinks is, is most effective, right? And now we have technology that will do that better than any other salesperson because mm. they look at our personality traits. They look at the, maybe in the future, even when we use VR, they use all the bio um, sort of, you know, feedback markers to see, well, hey, that's where, her eyes flick it, so she is excited, so let me just serve her more of that. And that yeah. sort of powerful persuasion techniques, tech, tactics that are coming, or that are already there, um, I find that fascinating on the one hand side, because the power that's mm. behind it, you know, you can now really influence, manipulate, persuade people. Um, mm. So it's, it's, it's exciting, but it's also super scary, you know. Um, sure. So sure. teaching people about that, making people watch like we, we did the social dilemma, actually the, the same guys, um, I don't know if you've seen it, they, they've released a talk called the AI dilemma. Um, I know I haven't. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's quite good. Um, so yeah, again, that's, I think a new approach to, um, helping people understand and navigating this technology minefield. And you've actually just mentioned a new approach. A new approach is actually also to share amongst friends and family and colleagues things that are useful, things that are relevant, yeah. things that might just open up your mind, you know, exactly. give you a fresh perspective. And it's also not mm. all about scaring people and making people paranoid. You know, that's unfortunately yeah. often the security, the security dilemma that we have. But it's it's more sort of okay. How can we embrace this new technology responsibly? Like, how can we use mm. it? Um, and, and make use of it to help us, but at the same time, obviously, um, stay safe, be aware of the ethical um, well, challenges, etc. Yeah. Well, 
Anna Collard, thank you very, very much for your time today. I've thoroughly enjoyed today's conversation, as always. Um, and I might just add that I think that using technology as an enabler is what Tech Central loves most. Making sure technology is on our side, using that enabler to protect ourselves is really what today is about. And critically thinking about our actions. And Anna, without the steadfast support from people like yourself and Know Before Africa, giving us the insights, knowing where we can turn to when we need to, to look for the, the, the advice and guidance and, and the training and the skills development that you do so well across the spectrum is very, very helpful to us because it gives us that broader range and a larger capacity to protect ourselves from the marauding lions that are actually out there. So for me, James Erasmus at the TCS Plus show, Thank you very, very much for joining us, and thank you, Anna. Thank you, James. That was great. Thank you so much. Please feel free to follow us at YouTube or directly through the Tech Central website and subscribe to our newsletter. And we very, very much look forward to many more conversations with Anna and Know Before Africa.